There was an idea. Stark knows this. Called the Avengers Initiative. The idea was to bring together a group of remarkable people. See if they could become something more. See if they could work together when we needed them to. To fight the battles that we never could. Phil Coulson died still believing in that idea. In Heroes. the weekly pseudo-academic pop culture analysis roundtable with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, and I am once again with Wayne and Hannah. Katia couldn't be here today because of the topic, which we'll get to in a minute, but hi, hey, guys. Hey. Hey, not all of us swear. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If I, that, if I say that every week, then every week I have to go, yes, Hannah's parents, Hannah's a good girl. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, oh, I just pray myself is about 20 years younger than I actually am. <laughs> so if you've downloaded this episode, thank you. If you've downloaded this episode and not yet seen Avengers Endgame, goodbye, because we're about to spoil the fuck out of it, I think. Is that correct? <laughs> Probably, yeah. yeah. I, I can't imagine talking about it without spoiling some things. Yeah. yeah. And also, if you want to like not think about it critically and enjoy it, this is the wrong show for you. Well, let's introduce our guest first. We said we don't have Katia today because she hasn't seen it yet. And last year, Anna, you weren't here yet. But our our two guests on that show were a you know, friend of the show, Nicole, who's back. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Nicole. Hi, guys. And we had my, we had another friend of the show, Marone. Marone has also not seen it yet, which I can't believe. But but we've all seen it. So if you're sticking around just to see if the movie is good or not. Who liked it? Did, did we like it? I liked it. I liked, I liked it. it. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So go see the movie. There you go. Um, <laughs> we'll wait. So, so if you haven't seen the other films, maybe watch those first. And especially yeah. if you haven't seen those films, don't talk in the theater very loudly, asking questions about things Ooh. you don't understand. Who, who is that guy? What about that guy? America guy. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, to the people who are sitting next to me, I'm really sorry I snapped at you. But you <laughs> <laughs> so, so did, did, did you snap and they turn into dust? Because that would be appropriate. I realized I was snapping. And so like I took a breath and I said, please. please. <laughs> and they but, stopped but, talk- to their credit, they stopped talking. But she didn't swear because she doesn't do that. No. <laughs> on air. <laughs> but my personal last non-spoilery comment, I saw I've seen it twice. I saw it Thursday in the middle of the day because a friend of mine was going and there happened to be a general admission ticket left. And I said, I'm an academic who's not teaching today. 
who wants to grade? You know, so, so, so I went and saw like a two o'clock show on Thursday. And then Steph and I had tickets for two o'clock on Friday where she was going to, she was going to leave work early. And then she found out that she had to work. She had a meeting and she had, or she couldn't leave between, before like one forty-five or something like that. Like right before she was like, I'll be 15 minutes late to the theater. And I was like, so what I will say without spoilers for the thing, if you're going to be 15 minutes late, just don't go. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and stuff's like, well, why, why don't you just tell me what happens in the first 15 minutes tonight? And then I'll, I'll catch up when I, when I walk in. And I was like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's not how this movie works. And I'm not going to say why that's not how this movie works. Go and watch it from the beginning. And like, cause I, she, you know, she wouldn't have had me interrupt in the, in, in the theater, but she just wanted to know, just tell me the first 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. No, you, you watch this movie from the beginning. It's three hours long. You need all of it. That would be, that would be my analysis. If you, if you, if you, you could maybe be a minute late, if you're 10 minutes late, you're, you're through, you're not going to understand anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, okay. From this point on, there'll be spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for those of you who have stuck with us and for some weird reason and not seen the show, thank you. Please write us a five-star review on iTunes. Tell people <laughs> playing the show. <laughs> enjoy the movie. Enjoy the movie. Come back and listen to this next week. From here on out, see, I can't even say, we said we we're going to talk about Avengers in-game spoilers, but uh, analysis, but we haven't even said what we were going to analyze. And I don't think we yeah. can even do that. Yeah. So from okay. here on out, <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> Okay, well, our post, which was spoiler-free... Because no one had seen it yet. Exactly. Uh, ...was about endings, Mm -hmm. because it's the end game. Um, Of course, Marvel um, is super weird, because this is the end, sort of, kind of, for the original six Avengers. But there are more movies coming out, some featuring old characters, some featuring new mm. characters or previously established characters who have only had one mm-hmm. or two movies. One or two months. Plus some announced TV sh- television shows on the Disney yeah. streaming right. service. Yes. Yeah, so we're in spo- we're, you, can, you, can, you can be more specific. We're, we're in spoiler territory now. If, you, yeah. if you've not turned this off, that, that's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, you know, Hawkeye and uh, Kate Bishop are going to get a Disney Plus series. Loki's getting a Disney Plus series. We, don't know, we don't know it's Kate Bishop. That's a, that's a rumor. We know Hawkeye's yeah. getting a show and it's heavily rumored by some pretty reputable um, media sites that it's going to be about Hawkeye and Kate Bishop, but we don't officially know it's about Kate. Okay, well, also it's heavily rumored that there is going to be a Black Widow movie starring Rachel Weisz. Yes. Uh, but that that's not officially that's cast no, no, That hasn't officially yeah. been announced, even though a cast and like a director have been reported. Yes. So yes. It's, it's about as reputable as the Kate Bishop yes, rumor. It's in production. Um, it's in production, and yet <laughs> it's not. Um, and also, we, no, uh, we also know that we also know that there's going to be a Wanda Vision, Wanda the um, Maximoff mm-hmm. the Scarlet Witch, and Vision television series, and Falcon and, and Bucky. Falcon yeah. and Bucky are going to have a TV series. So, yeah. yeah. So, so not really the end, and we knew that going in. Right. Well, plus <laughs> we know we're getting Black Panther two and Doctor Strange two and, and Spider Man. Spider Man. Yeah. Spider Man July. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that was part of the point of the post because everybody was um a lot of the uh, the sites were saying this is the long awaited finale to the Marvel Universe saga, and I'm like, Ew. no. Not <laughs> and and like even shows that I watch that are you know essentially geek shows you know relatively comic book heavy geek shows people were sort of treating it like that and I'm like but you you read comics yeah you, you know <laughs> you, you know that you know, you know they're making more movies <laughs> right, right, right. Black Panther made 
well over a billion dollars. And this movie, by the way, oh yeah, this movie has now made over a billion dollars. This is, as of last I checked, in less than a week, the eighth most popular movie of all time, so worldwide. And Wayne, you only get the domestic box office. It doesn't matter. You're considerably in the lead in our game. Yeah. I want to trade. Give the draw. Luck of the draw. Um, I'm I'm convinced that Lion King is going. Lion King is going to make three billion dollars opening weekend. <laughs> Look, have you seen the Lion King, King trailer? Like it looks real boring and real bad. And, and, and by the way, it's like a shot for shot remake of the animated film, which which is way better probably. And also, if you put from the makers of the Jungle Book in a trailer, it makes me want to turn it off and throw something. Not want to go see the movie. This is not what this is about today. Sorry. <laughs> it's going to be really good. Everybody go see it 18 times. <laughs> you know, I, I have my reservations about Aladdin for a lot of reasons, but after Dumbo and now seeing the trailer for The Lion King, I'm like, you know, in hindsight, maybe this will be the best remake Disney has coming out this year. Uh, I'm all in on on, on on Lion King. But anyway. Oh, come on. Lion King, the animated remake of the animated movie. I mean, That's right. <sighs> I'm win ya. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna I need to add that to the bank of uh, of catch sounds so that can we just play that for the next several weeks. <laughs> it's not coming out until later in the summer. I don't want to listen to it for that long. <laughs> nah, I, I don't. I'm I'm also too lazy because I you know would have done it already if I had thought of that. But anyway, so not really the end is what we were getting at though. Yeah. Not, not really the end of this. And so people were saying, well, but it's the end of phase three, except that's also not true because Spider-Man is. Spider-Man. Spider-Man, I guess, is kind of an epilogue. It's a, is it a bridge to phase four? You know, what do phases even really no. mean other than yeah. Feige just happened to say it once and then he got stuck with it? You know? <laughs> well, I think that Spider-Man, like the, the one thing they said specifically about how it relates to in-game interviews is that it'll show us what the world looks like after in-game. And now that we've seen the film and know that it skips ahead five years and and we're left with the like actual consequences of what happened. And it wasn't just like a jump back through time and reverse everything Mm -hmm. that that's a big deal. I was actually not expecting them to do that. Like you have to live with the consequences of what Thanos did, even if the snap people came back. Yeah. Which I, and I, I like that because one of my, one of the things I hate in time travel stories is just the whole nothing mattering reboots and nothing mattered. Yeah. No mm-hmm. one learned anything. Nothing mattered. So if they were going to do a time travel thing, Murphy's rich now, I guess. Based, <laughs> yeah, based on the time stone, I assume there would be some time manipulation. I'm glad they didn't just go, Oh, everything's back. None mm-hmm. of it mattered. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I was really happy to see that. Like the the first act of that movie was essentially an elegy for for what had happened. Mm-hmm. And I think they did a good job dealing with you know, some of the grief issues and and the way people dealt with that. Uh, and I I wasn't expecting that, but I was I was very glad to see it. I was too. Uh, so again, we're not new. We've read comic books. All of us are all of us are big comic fans, and we know it's going to be time travel and. I did expect, you know, and I, I didn't expect Tony or Cap to make it out of this movie. And yeah. they basically don't. Um, I, but I also, I felt like, oh, well, they'll reverse stuff and, you know, we'll, we'll have stuff. And, and no movie will ever have to deal with this again. And 
so again, for spoilers, 10 minutes into the movie, they kill Thanos and, but it's too late. Every, nothing can be undone. So everybody moves on with their lives. And then it goes five minutes later. And I, I remember, again, I've seen it twice. And both t- and later. both times I saw it. Yeah, five every, years later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What did I say? <laughs> five five minutes. minutes. Oh, yeah. Five years. Oh, that'd be five minutes later would have been an even better thing. Five minutes later, yeah. which is really different. Yeah. Five years later. And and everybody in the theater, both times I saw it, said, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> it was just yeah, an audible. Yeah. It was, and it was like that. It's a, and I'm sitting here going, bold move. Okay, yeah. you've got my attention. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that like we can say that even though this might not be an end for the MCU, because obviously Disney is never going to let that go. Absolutely uh, as not. Long as money. I mean, we'll probably always make money because we always need superheroes. Um, mm-hmm. What we can say is that this was definitely, and I think we knew this going in, and uh, what you said about expecting neither Tony nor Captain America to make it out alive speaks to this. It's the end of the line for Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man and Captain America and Chris Evans because they've both publicly been very clear yeah. that this is kind of the end, especially especially Chris Evans. Yeah. Um, and Chris Hensworth has been more open to coming back about Thor because they just kind of figured out his character in Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. We don't really know about Mark Ruffalo. Obviously, Black Widow has met at least her end, depending on what they do with her movie, because they do literally kill Natasha and Hawkeye. We don't know, but he's always just kind of been a mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> he's there. Oh, I'm just waiting for Wayne, like, I'm waiting for Wayne to just blow up now. <laughs> nope, I, I am, I'm used to... Part of what I love about Hawkeye is he's the, the unloved member of the Avengers. <laughs> That's why I love him. Someone has to. Mm, well, that's all you then. <laughs> I, also, so, I also like Hawkeye a lot. <laughs> I, I don't dislike, dislike Hawkeye. I, I like his friendship with Natasha, even though it's kind of not there all the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, and I, I will say I'm, I'm much more of a Hawkeye fan in the comics yeah. than I have been since I was a kid. I'll go with you on that. I, Jeremy. Yeah, now, yeah, that that said, I I mean, the Hawkeye who is in the movies is in many ways a very different character than he is in the comics. Right. Uh, but because of my affection for the character, I do like him in the movies as well. I'm okay with that interpretation of him. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think he plays an important role. He's the one of the group who represents the human view. You know, he, he is the, the one who has a family. The consequences of these things on the, the average person in the Marvel Universe, he should be the lens into that. And I don't think they've always done that well, but I think that's the the role he should play. Well, why don't we start there? Cause the movie does open up with Clint is the, he's mm-hmm. the first thing you saw. In fact, the second time I saw it, people ran out of the, out of the theater. They're like, Oh, they started in the middle. And then people running out trying to stop them. And I'm like, nah, that's, that's the first scene. Yeah, that's it, the first scene. Yeah. It's a cold open with, you know, Hawk, with Clint just, you know, playing with his daughter and, you know, they're having a picnic with the family. Yeah. And, and it does, it doesn't feel like the middle of the movie, given where the last one, I mean, the beginning of the movie, given where right. the last one left off. Right. So people were very confused. There's no credits. Oh, and the second time I saw it, the first time I saw it, I at least saw previews for other movies movies second time i saw it was in the imax theater and they just cold open there were no previews the screen went on and hawk and clinton was there shooting arrows with his daughter and people were very wow. confused yeah it was weird mm. um so i so i get that but that and they figured it out because two minutes in or you know if that like 60 seconds to two minutes in um clint's family vaporizes and yeah. he's left to deal with this because he doesn't know what's going on so clearly we were before 
and, and, and like and like and like everybody else on the planet that that happened to mm-hmm. you know he's not there with Thanos he has no idea what's happening right. suddenly he didn't have the TV knew. on he was out he was yeah. at a picnic so yeah. he's on on on, at, on private property so he has no idea what's going on and he's just running around where is everybody hello you know you know Laura with no, no context yeah, yeah. and that. That felt so real to me. That was a great scene. It was one of my favorite scenes in the movie was just that cold open. Yeah. I agree. I think it was a really good choice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I think that like, since his story begins there with his family, the narrative kind of makes logical sense that it basically ends with him and his family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So the question is, does Hawkeye, I know that we'll see him again in the TV series, but does this feel like a good end to him? Does, does his story make sense? I, I think it sets up his end. If if we go by the rumor that this is Kate Bishop coming into this, I think the theme of the TV series will be him passing his legacy on to the next Hawkeye, mm-hmm. who is Kate Bishop. So I think that will be the end of Hawkeye. I think this sets up the end of Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. If you don't watch the TV show, if this is the last, if you're just a movie fan and this is the last time you see the character of Clint, I think you're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. He's got I a think, complete arc. Yeah. And I also, yeah. I guess this will transition us a bit into Black Widow, Natasha's mm-hmm. character, but it was nice to see them work together mm-hmm. again, even if we didn't like how that story necessarily played out for Black Widow's character. So I'm projecting a little. I guess we can get into that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, let's do that one. So um, what Hannah's referring to, and I'll, I'll link this in the show notes, there's been a couple of articles uh, about people who actually, well, as as with these movies, there's always going to be a lot of internet think pieces. And this show, you know, it's a pseudo-academic show. We ignore, you know, a lot of them. I don't care about, oh, I don't, this sucks because I hate, because uh, uh, I hate um, that Natasha's dead. That's not a, that criticism I don't care about. And I also don't care about, that's dumb. She saved the world because she's a girl. I don't care about that. What I care about is there were a couple of articles that basically said she was treated poorly in the way there were a couple of relatively feminist articles that said she was treated poorly in the way things went down. And I kind of want to talk about that. Well, I think that before we get into this particular uh, story with Endgame, we should talk about her character from Iron Man two up to now and how her storyline has been handled. You mean, you mean that you're a monster because you can't have babies? Uh, well, that's not an Ultron. Uh, she's yeah, that yeah, yeah, uh. <laughs> yeah. That that was such a dumb line. I, I think that whole scene in whatever movie that was in Age of Ultron. Ultron. Okay. I like. I got what she was talking about. It would have been so much better without that one line because I I still read that as they took her life away and turned her into a murderer. That's how she, that's why she felt like a monster. Not because she couldn't have babies. That's not what she said though. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I think we need to stop retaining Joss Whedon as a feminist. I think it's, I, I, I think, I think what ends up happening is we, we treat the word feminist like it is literally an on off marker. No, like, yes. And, but and also, like, if you look at his yeah. stuff, like, I mean, obviously he created Buffy and it's great and it's wonderful. But at the same time, if you look at a lot of the storylines in Buffy, they are real bad. He's a, so, like, yeah, he's, if, he's just Joss. Is he, is he the most misogynistic person in the world? No. no. Is he the no. most feminist person in the world? No. He's no. Joss Whedon. 
No, but I, I think that when people say, oh, like Joss Whedon is a feminist and we should worship the ground he walks on, it's the same way people say Jane Austen is a feminist and we should worship the ground she walks on. And they're unwilling to be critical of the right. things they love. Yeah, right. Yeah. And there's no, there's no worship the ground. You know, there are no sacred cows. So I, I think he did a lot of good things. I think he did a lot of good things with Black Widow. In Avengers, like, I mean, in Iron Man 2, if we all remember that movie, we all probably only watched once. Uh, for the most part, <laughs> Natasha. you wrong room. I've seen it several times. Fair. Okay. But, like, you know, it's, it's not really a movie so much as a big advertisement for the Avengers. Iron Man 2? Yeah. Mm, yeah, that's fair. I, I like Iron Man. It's usually not people's least favorite. People mostly hate the third one, which they're wrong. I like the third Iron Man movie. I like the it's, third one better. It's, it's Incredibles, but you know, <laughs> like the plot, is incre- the plot of Iron Man 3 is Incredibles. I, and she's not in that one. I like her in Iron Man 2. I think she's shallow and should have been written better. And I think Joss did a better job with Avengers 1 than yeah, what she got in Iron Man 2. Right. That, that's why I'm, that's what I'm getting at because, you know, she's mostly an object of desirability for Tony to make mm-hmm. gross quips about, um, which was her yeah. job. I mean, that's I, why yeah, they put her there. Yeah. But you know, she also uses that kind of misogyny against him and surprises him. Uh, right. but, but like, like Avengers like gives her a much, the first one gives her a much more powerful role. Um, mm-hmm. I agree. she actually has her own, storyline i think perhaps the most of any of the movies she's in um maybe the exception of the winter soldier oh, or, or this. i'd say this one i don't think in winter soldier i think i think she's it's very much a supporting role yes she has a storyline yeah. going on but it's it's only there to service cap's storyline cap and bucky's storyline Yes, but it's it. You know, I I don't know. I mean, like, but that's the problem with her character in all these movies. She is just like a supporting character to these men's storylines. Mm-hmm. When you go through every movie, uh, mm-hmm. and then that line about being a monster because you can't have babies is really like a way to also, uh, you know, show like Bruce Banner's struggle too. Mm-hmm. Also, that romance was dumb and had no real <laughs> yeah. parents, but whatever. Yeah. That was that was just hey, maybe we should throw a romance in there. Who's not really a... T- oh, hey, these yeah. two. Why not? Wouldn't that be funny? Wouldn't that be kind of quirky? Well, she's in the original team. She's the girl on, you know, like when you have a team of Power Rangers or a Fantastic Four, you have one person whose role is I'm the girl and she's yeah. and she's the girl and the girl always has to hook up with somebody, usually the leader, but Tony was was not available and, and nor was Steve. So no matter who you consider the leader of the Avengers, it's either Tony or it's Steve. And neither of them were, were available at that point for movie two. So, okay, Bruce, sure. Because Hawkeye would have been too obvious and they wanted to do something else. And we were out of people. <laughs> also, Joss Whedon has a, like he, he said something along the lines of, I just thought it would be good to like have like the girl and the monster be together. Cause it's Joss Whedon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Beauty, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But so, so we, we take all these storylines from these other movies and now we're in Endgame. And I, I think what I'm most frustrated about, and I felt this in the movie and didn't need an internet think piece to tell me this, mm-hmm. was, and, and you guys can all just contradict me. Mm-hmm. Um, was like, it seems like at first, after the five year flash forward, she's the one who's basically in charge of the Avengers. So she's like, <laughs> In she's the leadership the, role, she's the new Nick Fury, right? mm-hmm. yeah. and but we don't get to see much of that. Nope. Two, uh, she ends up servicing Hawkeye's storyline, uh, where she you know 
fights him uh, for who gets to die. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, like the creators have been interviewed about this. Um, there's an article in Entertainment Weekly that talks about this. Um, and I think I think the New York Times. Basically, she they let her they chose to let her die instead of Hawkeye because they had two different versions uh, because they thought it would be more powerful and but the, and they, she wanted to because the they thought because her the Avengers were her family and she wanted to like bring them back and like make this sacrifice and they didn't want to take that away from her but the way it plays out on screen is you have a family Hawkeye I will die mm-hmm. um go go be with your family like make sure all the other boys are okay mm-hmm. um and like you know see i i i, I read that we, we saw her with hawkeye's family in in the previous movie right they were her they were her family too yeah mm-hmm. and so i i think and also she had seen what had happened to clint and she was wearing the arrow pendant again from the first movie in this one mm-hmm. Whatever her past with Hawkeye is, she and Clint have had a relationship. She loves him. She also loves his family. They are a family to her, you know, Aunt Nat. They are a family to her in a way that the Avengers aren't. So I think she was sacrificing herself to save this family that she loves, who are innocents, but also to give Hawkeye his soul back. But that, like some of that, yes, but some of that's not in the script. That's something that the audience has to do with their mental mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. And can I nitpick something here just for a second? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is what the show's about, right? Yeah. <laughs> it completely missed the point of the soul stone. The person is supposed to sacrifice yes. what he or she loves most. Yeah. It wasn't self sacrifice. It wasn't. I'm going to sacrifice myself so then you can have the stone. Yeah, good point. It, it shouldn't Which work. Why I thought it had to be it had to be Hawkeye because then yeah. Widow has to admit he is the thing that she loves the most, not necessarily romantically, mm-hmm. but in the sense of family, of being closest, of being they are a team, the confidant, that that would have been more powerful. Mm-hmm. Now, it would have screwed up the happy ending. Mm-hmm. She would have had to go to the family to tell them that Hawkeye was dead mm-hmm. rather than Hawkeye having the reunion. But that would have been a whole different effect. Instead, we get them, oh, no, I'm going to kill myself. No, I'm going to kill myself. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, but that's not the point. That's not what we set up. Those aren't the rules we set up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I will say, like, I thought about that a lot, which is also why I thought Hawkeye would die, because it's been mm-hmm. clear that he's always been the person that she's loved the most throughout the films. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I also think that, like, because he lost the rest of his family, she could have been the person he loves the most who's left on the earth. Well, it shouldn't have worked because the rules say that you have to kill the thing. Thanos had to kill Gamora. She didn't jump to her death. So is it better if, if Clint kills Natasha and Natasha kills Clint? I guess that works kind of. Well, I guess the other thing that bothered me about this is that in the first movie, we saw Gamora being killed so Thanos could accomplish his goal. Mm-hmm. And although it's different circumstances and the rules, as Nicole pointed out, are broken, uh, it's still a woman dying so a man can accomplish his goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, or five also minutes. Me on a on an epic scale, but hey. <laughs> so I think one of the reasons to do it, like it does make her in a way it makes her the most important hero. She's the one who, you know, or at least at the, up until that point, cause we'll get to Tony in a little while, but she's the one who sacrifices everything to save the world, knowing she's not going to make it out of it, which would be great if she weren't literally the only woman on the original team. Yeah. Well, yeah. And also like, I guess 
now would be, I guess, a time to talk about Tony a little bit. But when she gets back, well, when she doesn't cut, sorry, when they get back and she doesn't come back, we just get a scene of the dudes being upset. And at one point, you know, uh, Bruce tries to snap his fingers and bring her back and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and then at the for final, no apparent reason, there's no good reason yeah. for that. <laughs> well, she's, you know, she's gone forever. Soulstone. Um, apparently so is Gamora, so is Gamora and she's back. It's well, the exact same sacrifice. It doesn't make sense. Well, no, actually it kind of could be explained with timey, wimey time travel. Yeah. Well, and that's it. I, I, I think the, the back door is, is open for her to come back. Yeah. You pull yeah. Natasha out of 2011 and you're fucking fine. Well, no, but even <laughs> Bruce said, I tried hard to bring her back. You know, I, I think that line was in there. I, I think he did. I think so. She's back, and she's just sitting at the bottom of a cav of a cavern on a world thousands of light years away. Okay, but let's just assume it doesn't work for the purposes of this movie. Uh, And that, and maybe the Black Widow movie is a prequel, you know, Um, because that's been the big rumor for years. Right. Uh, So let's assume this is her death. Last time we see her on screen in the present contemporary moment. Continuity. We have dudes you know crying over but tony's the one who like dies at the end and who gets a funeral he gets a funeral funeral. exactly and And they they gave an interview about this and they explained it away by saying and their explanation's stupid yeah they were like he's a public figure (laughs) she was more of a quiet person behind the scenes no. no public people are there. Everybody who's there knows no, Tony no and and knows her. Right. Literally, right. everyone at that funeral knows her. Yeah. Yes. Well, except for the guardians who don't know Tony. Right. <laughs> like literally, everybody there, everybody there except for the guardians knows them both. And Anybody who, kid from Iron Man three, but who's quibbling? Right. Fine. Yeah. Fine. Uh, Harley, Haley, whatever his name yeah. is. I, <laughs> Nobody, I, I didn't even notice. I did. And, I, I didn't and I was even like, ask myself who's that kid. I didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that, I mean, this is sort of the question of why, if, if she is, if it's supposed to be such this big noble sacrifice and, and it, and it's almost as if, Hey, we're going to let her be sort of the quote mother figure to take care of her boys since Mm -hmm. she can't have children. (laughs) Then why do we get like two minutes of the guys being upset and Hulk tosses a bench? But then, like you said, she doesn't get a funeral. I mean, it, it could have been, it could have been for both of them. They could yeah. have had toss two had fucking wreaths in, in the river. That's all they had to do. Put a second wreath there. Yep. Yeah. And that's it. It literally it changes nothing, like effort wise. Like their rationalization of well, she's the behind the scenes one, and he's the public one. Would have made sense if Tony's if Tony's funeral is a national event. I get it. Correct. Fine. Mm-hmm. But it but it's not. It's an event for superheroes. Mm-hmm. It, and on his private on his private ranch and nobody knows about it nobody in this room no you know doesn't know them and then they go afterwards and like i guess clint and wanda have their private memory of oh yeah we miss them both like for mm-hmm. vision and 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 natasha right. and, and no like there's no there's no reason for no one else to be to you know like it, it, yeah. it doesn't make sense and yeah. the rationalization doesn't make sense and i was and i was just like why that's such an unforced error like they know better especially she's been leading the team for five years yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Right. yeah nebula yeah the people who are nebula and rocket know natasha better than they know tony Carol knows Natasha. Carol's Carol met Tony, you know, a little, you know, yeah, yeah, twice. She 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 picked him up and then flew into space and then saw him during the battle. Like she doesn't know Mm -hmm. this guy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She knows Natasha. She's been working with her for five years. 
Like, I, I just, look, uh, Black Widow, <laughs> I'm not saying that Black Widow should never die because she was the only original girl on the team. But because yeah. she was the only original girl on the team, she means so much to women and mm-hmm. like little girls. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, I know that Tony means loads and he like means so much to the MCU because mm-hmm. Iron Man was the movie that started it all. And Iron Man mm-hmm. is still a really good superhero movie. Mm-hmm. But you can't like, you can't just like kill off like the ma- the major female character mm-hmm. of the MCU who like set the groundwork for a lot of the other female superheroes we see on screen now and just like hand wave it away. Like, right. Don't, don't yeah. be, ugh, whatever. Okay, so, so let's use that to segue into the Carol core girl power scene. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Carol core. Uh, yeah, I would have said a force, but yeah, both. Yeah. <laughs> Carol core is more well known with um, among that, that fandom. So, Question what I have for you guys, because I, um, what was the, what was the audience reaction when it happened? The person, in my fear. Yeah. the person sitting next to me, uh, she yelled out, don't mess with the women. Mm-hmm. No. So, uh, when, I mean, I was so full of tears, um, that <laughs> I didn't notice what everyone else was doing, but I, I really loved when Peter introduced himself to Carol and she responded, but then he was like, how are you going to get through? I then got super pissed. Oh, I guess I do swear a little bit on the show. Uh, and <laughs> oh, wow. Pissed. Let that out. No, no, because I no, because I love the moment where she says, I said pissed and that's swearing. <laughs> this days. Um, but and then and then like, you know, all the women are like, we can help her through, which is dumb because, you know, she just blew up a spaceship. Yeah. Um, yeah. but, but, no, but, but, but Mantis is there. But, but. I loved seeing them all together on screen. It was a nice yeah. change from like one woman, five other male Avengers. Yeah. And I also love seeing how far we've come. So it's not just like one white woman. And I, I, I did also see that as, oh, look, here's the future of the Marvel franchise. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I saw it twice. So Thursday, thunderous applause. Like just male and female, yay! Everybody, everybody was like, like there were like some fuck yeahs. There was just like massive. Everyone loved it. Friday, I wasn't sure most people noticed that everyone on screen was female. Right, like it was a very different reaction, and it was just odd to me because like people people liked the battle, but it just that was one of the few things that didn't play the second time just as as well. And I mean now. Steph was with me. She she noticed and she thought it was cool because I because mm-hmm. I asked her later. But it wasn't it wasn't the crowd pleaser. So it's a very different, you know. I guess I like maybe on Friday I was there with the S you know the SJW crowd and on Saturday yeah. I, I mean, on, th- on Thursday I was with the SJW crowd and on Friday I was with the MRA crowd. I don't know. That's just how it happened. Well, I, and I I do find because I seeing the reactions of that and and just through you know, friends on Facebook, not necessarily reviews and whatever, but a, a guy who you know probably not the best feminist in the world. Well, let's just leave it at that. I, you know, I, I don't think he's a horrible misogynist, but he just saw it as ham fisted and unnecessary. He's like, oh yes, you, you have women in your universe now. Good, let's get on with what's going on. He, he, you know, and okay. We got but so then, many shots of the men. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but but ham fisted was the term he used. But then yeah. on the other end of that spectrum, there's a, a ham fisted and unnecessary is what superheroes are movies yeah, right, are. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, there's a, a woman I know who who 
you know, identifies queer, um, super feminist. Captain Marvel's her, her favorite character, just went nuts over the Captain Marvel movie, who also didn't like that scene. And I'm, mm-hmm. and I'm not quite sure of her reasons in the same way. I think some of it, she was overtly disappointed at how little Captain Marvel was in this movie. I think she just yep. expected more. Well, um, and that's a, so we'll get, we'll get to that. Yeah. I think we should talk about Carol in a moment. Yeah, but, but, um, but I, and I, I think that was at the root of her not liking that scene as much. I, mm-hmm. I, I think I think her problem was yes. Look, look at all these women on screen, none of whom get to do anything in this movie. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why it was it was an odd moment. I mean, because I I saw it and I did. I got a little like, damn, yeah. But then immediately it was. Oh, right. They're not really getting to do anything. And then here's, you know, oh, can can you make it that far? And it was just sort of to me, I was like, why didn't they get highlighted throughout the battle that they could have each gotten a moment that was Mm -hmm. individual rather than the girls got together? Mm -hmm. So. I don't know. I was torn. Well, I'll, I'll link a Gizmodo argue, article in the show notes. Yeah, because there the article from Gizmodo said basically this is too little, too late, and they felt the same way Wayne's friend did, which was this was ham fisted, but it offended them as a feminist because they're like, well, why are you patronizing us? It was was essentially the take they were they were having, and mm-hmm. I think that's fair. And I'm so one of my, one of my thoughts, and you know, we'll, maybe we'll talk about this later more later, but one of my thoughts that um that i had when i saw it the first time and still felt that way the second time was i was like this is the most fan servicey movie yeah. that ever fan service yeah. and <laughs> usually i might mean that derogatively i liked it for that reason this time so <laughs> in the best possible way i mean this was so when that happened i did find it ham-fisted i was just like it literally it, it literally felt like you know what You've you've wanted to see a bunch of women together, girl power, like yay yeah. in your face, and it really felt like they were saying that, and I was okay with it because I felt like they, and I don't mean from a storyline point of view, I mean from a industry changes, society changes, um, and these movies working together. I felt it felt like after eleven years and twenty two films, it felt earned, even mm. though it was gratuitous. It, mm. it was gratuitous and silly, yeah. but. I liked it for that reason in that moment. And I do think it points to where the franchise is going. Yeah. You know, we didn't get, we didn't get moments with these characters because essentially it wasn't their movie. Yeah. yeah. But which it I, was ham yeah. Well, I mean, like, I think the thing that's annoying, um, which I guess we should kind of save some of this is it, there are some certain characters that based on their power or skill set, it might seem like it's a better idea for them to fight Thanos or mm-hmm. do yeah. certain tasks, but because it's focusing on the original six and their storylines and wrapping them up, who gets what is based around after Natasha dies, especially around those five male characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cause when uh, Carol shows up, she basically just stands toe to toe with Thanos and then, but then what he like knocks her off to the side or something. And then mm-hmm. the, the, the big three have to come in. Right. I don't remember exactly. I've only seen it once. So Yeah, no, that's bas- that's basically what happens. She's she's up there, she comes in and in a moment of, you know, of again, a moment of pure fan service for Wayne's other friend who was a good Now they remember when they filmed this, they had not yet 
filmed Captain Marvel. They filmed him out of order. So they didn't know. So much less it being released. They didn't know how successful the Captain Marvel movie was going to be. But all the guns of the ships turn towards the sky and they fire towards her and she flies in like a boat of blue. You know, she essentially supermans her way into battle, blows up the ship um, the same way she does in in her movie, which was kind of weird. Um, like it, th- that felt a little anticlimactic to me just because I've just seen the Captain Marvel movie. And I like I know that's that's the trick that I've seen her do is fly through and destroy a, a spaceship, which felt cooler in her own movie than it felt this time. It felt like, yeah, of course, she blows up a spaceship this time. But cool to see her. And then they did the thing where, all right, she is the most powerful person here. Feige has said she's the most powerful character in the MCU. So in order to make this fight interesting, they had to dispatch her and Thanos swats her away. But if Thanos can just swat her away, then I don't care if he has the hammer or not. Why the fuck is he having a problem with Captain America? Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah, it, it, it does seem, it does seem a little, it, it's, it's the, it's the DC power no, no, problem. The, the DC problem is you have to work really, really hard to make a, to make a storyline that makes sense that you have some, some, some threat that takes both Superman and Batman to handle at the mm-hmm. same time. Right. And, and the, and that's suddenly where they're at. And the way they did it was they just got rid of her, which is weird because it's what I don't like about her, about movie Captain Marvel. Cause I actually like, um, I like comic book Captain Marvel quite a lot. I actually liked her even more when she was more flawed as Ms. Marvel, which is controversial, but I do think, you know, people, it, people say, like, Oh, she's overpowered. And no, you're just being sexist. And it's like, no, I don't think she's overpowered because she's a woman. I don't like Superman either. I don't like, I lose interest in people that powerful right. because I'd rather see an idiot with a bow and arrow, just try and take on the world. Like that's, that's just more my kind of story, whether yeah. that character is male or female. So yeah, the fact that she, it, like, I understand why I, in this world, I understand why Wanda is there and I understand why Carol is there. I understand why Thor is there. Um, given how things t- played out, I understand why Tony and, um, why, why Tony and, um, and uh, and Steve are there, given how this movie played out. What the fuck are we doing with with Clint or Shuri or like or Star Lord? Like why Mantis? Like why are any of these people in this battle? Technically, Howard the Duck's there if you look closely. Yeah, yeah, they have. A, yeah, <laughs> he, no, he is. And and like, why are all these people around? Because they're just they're just bodies in the way at the Battle of Winterfell, which I also watched this weekend. And that's kind and that's kind of. Like it felt unnecessary to have that in that scene. So, but it looked cool because, oh my God, every character's there. And 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 Wong said, what, you want it more? Like that was, it was a double page George Perez battle scene. Right. So that is the perfect way to put it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And the thing is, I mean, that's kind of what I expected from the last two Avengers movies. Mm -hmm. And Infinity War wasn't that. Yeah. Well, just at the end, but not yeah. the same, not, not like this. So, right. so I liked having the all, the, the all girl scene. I liked having the Wong scene of this is everybody. Did, did you need more? Yeah. Yeah. Did you need more? Yeah. Did you need more? That I, I mm. love that. Um, but that scene also, well, it doesn't start. The scene starts with Tony and, and Steve and Thor walking out, but it also, it has my absolute favorite line in the film really begins that, which is cap. Cap, cap on your left. Yeah. That's the, that is the 
absolute best part of the movie for me. I was just like, and that's the one where I was like, yes, that's the perfect way of doing it. They just, mm-hmm. cause at that point I know what's going to happen. And I actually expected Sam to show up first, but you know, fine. You, you make, um, you, you make, um, T'Challa, Shuri and Akoya show up first, but, but, and then Sam and just bringing the people in one at a time, like, I see where it's going and I realize at that point I'm going to get my George Perez moment, as you said, yeah. like, that's it. and, and, but even starting it with the, you know, this movie is fan servicey. So does it make sense for him to say that in real life? Like that would be like me saying, Hey Wayne, remember that thing that you said to me once eight years ago? <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing. Cause that can't possibly be one of their ongoing jokes. We've not seen them do it again since they did it in, they did it later in that same movie. Mm. But for the most part, we don't know that they haven't. Maybe it is one of their running jokes. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. It, it felt natural to me. And as a and as a like that was a fan servicey moment. That was a look. We're just bookending this thing for you here. And even more so than what happens at the end of the movie with Sam. Like that was the moment for me. That was the best part of the movie for me. So so I appreciated the fan serviness of it. But well, I, well I recognizing the problematic aspects of it. Yeah. 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 Well, speaking of things that were not fan service. Uh, Thor. Mm. Oh, yeah. Thor was, I, I think, I think that no matter, uh, what you thought about how Thor was just going to turn out, uh, this would not be it, especially since they've been talking up how good of a comedic actor Chris Hemsworth is. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, his storyline is perhaps, uh, darker in some ways than everyone else's because he's lost everyone he's ever loved, mm-hmm. basically, mm-hmm. besides his, you know, Avenger family. Except for those people in Aquaman's village. <laughs> I mean, like, he had why did Cork show up for the battle? Why was Cork not at the battle? Yeah, he's he's busy like talking to that kid who was bullying him. You know, Fortnite. In the middle of Fortnite. Yeah. Um, you know, he he lost his body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I and one of the complaints I've seen, and and I agree with this, is you know, he's suffering PTSD more than anybody there in many many ways. I mean, he right. and Clint, I guess. And we didn't really see that dealt with. And and I agree that that's probably an important story in a three hour movie with 4,700 characters. I don't know that we had time to see that. Play out. See, that's, I thought we did see that dealt with. I think we did in some ways. I've seen the complaints that, that we didn't, that it was just played for laughs and made fun of. Well, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Okay. And I, I think like I speaking as an old fat man. Yes. That's the complaint that I've seen. People thought it was fat shamey and I'm not an old fat man. So I, I mean, I'm not, I don't know. I'm I'm certainly not Chris Hemsworth, but I'm not particularly overweight. So I, there, there was like, and I, I get how you can get the fat shaming thing, but at the end of it, I essentially saw him become Odin. I saw him become rather than the young, lithe, virile version of masculinity. I saw him become a very different type of masculinity and older masculinity because mm-hmm. in that final battle, fat or not, he was still powerful. He was mm-hmm. still Thor. And I saw him kind of move into a different phase, a different type of masculinity. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and I like that. I, I like that. Cause you know, when he, when he got his power and he started fighting, he, he's still big fat Thor, you know, like he didn't just suddenly slim down and somehow his beard got, got braided. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But I, I, I kind of like that. Yeah, I, I, I kind of like that whole, oh, look, you can get old and fat and, and out of shape, but there's still a there's still a respectable power here as well. Okay. Like, like the filmmakers have said that his physical attributes are a manifestation of his depression, which 
Mm-hmm. I think we, we all kind of just have seen that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think that like, it's important to note that whenever you suffer from depression, whether it's like, I. Uh, because of circumstances or because it's, you know, a longer lasting struggle that you deal with. Um, it doesn't just go away overnight. Like yeah. right. going right. through going through grief, especially when you lose your mother and your father and your brother and half of your people and, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and et cetera, et of, yeah. Uh you know, like And it's your fault. And by the way, yeah, like your, oh yeah, by the way, he loses he loses half of his people twice and the second time it's I mean, arguably it's not, but like in his mind, everything that happens is your fault. You should have gone for the head. And yeah, and not just his people, half the fucking universe. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> but I, so I, I think that, you know, it's important to acknowledge, like, even if he like slims down again for another movie as Guardians of the Galaxy, perhaps, um, it, you know, it's, it's, I'm glad they kept him in the same physical shape for this movie because you know, there, there are no just magic, easy mm-hmm. answers. And yeah. also like, even though like he eventually was able to bring the half of the universe that was snapped back, he didn't bring everyone back. Um, right. he, he saw his mother again, got some closure with her, got some good advice. There's but, no um, warriors three. They're gone. Yeah. yeah. All, yeah all, all the characters who were killed by Hela are, are still gone. That wasn't because the, of, yeah. And yeah. all the characters killed by Thanos before yeah. the snap, which were half his people are right. gone, except, including his except mother. Loki, except but, Loki maybe, but he doesn't know that. But that's, but yeah. that's a branching timeline. So mm-hmm. the, who knows whether or not Loki will come back beyond his Disney plus series going on adventures that may not include Thor ever again mm-hmm. um, so you know it's I, I think that you know like he's he's clearly not super okay still at the mm-hmm. end even though he has kind of found some closure yeah well so that's that's what I wanted to get back to Wayne's original point of or you know the question of whether or not this does this movie does a good thing of dealing with his PTSD and I actually think it does because yeah. of what Hannah was just saying about the, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. And Nicole, you've heard me make this argument before. One of my problems with the, and I, I alluded to it briefly earlier, my, my problem with the current Captain Marvel um, comic book series is um, while I agree that some of the, some of Carol's past was problematic. They, you know, she's yeah. a rape survivor. She, who became an alcoholic and a slut because of it and that was her way of dealing with it mm-hmm. and I understand Kelly Sue DeConnick not liking that story I understand Kelly Sue DeConnick wanting to make a character that is the Captain Marvel that she's currently writing I did not mm-hmm. like the way she handled it which was the way Carol got over eventually got over her rape and her alcoholism is that she forgot about it like yeah. she that character does not currently remember that world her mind was erased oh, well, and they let, replaced let, oh, let me look it up because there's something can they fix that again? Yeah, the alcoholism is coming back. Okay, yeah, because yeah, because uh, for a while, what they'd done was, you know, she her brain gets erased. She essentially has a stroke, and they repair her brain by just replacing all of her memories with this eight year old girl who's a fan of Captain, a super fan of Captain Marvel, and only knows all the good parts. And so they just stopped addressing the rape, and they just stopped addressing the alcoholism, and she stopped sleeping around, and that became that that was how they repaired the character. And I always hated mm-hmm. that because that's not dealing with. Trauma. Yeah. Like whether you like that, what happened to her or not. Yeah. Whether, cause I like, I, I get why it's problematic that that story from the seventies where she is raped and everybody's just okay with it. Horrible story. Yeah. But if you're going to include that as part of the character backstory for 35 years, then you can't, I, I don't like just finger snapping it away. 
to, right. you know, geez, the thing. So I like that they did that with Thor. He 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 dealt with his trauma. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure. I mean, I've read some of the same articles about sort of the the jokes at his expense, which are mm-hmm. which people are seeing as both fat shaming and belittling people mm-hmm. who are who are having mental issues. Mm-hmm. And I can see that argument. I, yes. I don't know. I don't know how much weight I give the argument because you're you deal with it differently with friends than from complete strangers. If there was a parade yeah. of people walking past making snarky comments about how Thor looked, I would I would see that more as fat shaming. See, and and my problem with it is in this universe at this moment he well and 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 it's weird because of the five year gap and everybody's supposed mm-hmm. to be depressed which is weird anyway but um in this universe at this moment he is a kooky looking fat dude and he's not even super fat he's actually like like frankly yeah. he looks like Lebowski intentionally they make yeah. jokes about it mm-hmm. and he is the kind of he looks like the kind of fat guy who has no problem getting laid like that's what he that, that's what he looks like and 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 it's but like he's still a fat guy who looks like he smokes too much weed and in real life people wouldn't make jokes at his expense that yeah. would ha- that's what would happen that's what that that's mm-hmm. the world that we live in so especially like, friends like to bust your chops yeah, and right. they how, do. how so, aspirational are how aspirational are superhero movies supposed to be versus how much are they supposed to look at nuance um if well, we like go the back people a, who are making fun of him are like rocket and uh rocket's a dick yeah. And Tony. Yeah. And Tony's a dick. Yeah. But when when um when Avengers when Avengers two came out, when 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 Age of Ultron came out, I remember there being a bunch of think pieces where um Tony makes a joke that everybody hated. He picks up the he tries to pick up the hammer. They're playing who can pick up the hammer. The prima Nazi thing. And everybody's like, what the fuck? Super Iron Man just made a rape joke. And you know what? Of course he did. Tony Stark's right. an asshole. Right. <laughs> like, yes. I mean, like, yes, I get it. And it's like, no, I'm not defending it. I'm not saying that that's a nice thing to say. I'm saying Tony's a it's horrible person. character for Tony to say. It. <laughs> yeah, he's, that's the kind of joke he makes. Mm-hmm. He's an awful guy who's like, you know, like, give it five minutes and he's about to create a robot that almost destroys the planet. Like, yeah, he's an ass. Also, can I just point out that if Tony bothered to just like use his money to do something like feed people, um, yeah, or that's one of the arguments with Batman and, and God. Yeah, yeah, as yeah, well. I, I know our fixed infrastructure. Like, <laughs> I mean, actually, the least the Avengers could do, given how much destruction they cause, is to fix this country's infrastructure. But you know, whatever. That's another. That's another <laughs> topic for another day. Um, that's Spider-Man Home- that, no, that's the plot of Spider-Man: Homecoming at the beginning. I mean, yes, actually, but, Vault, Vulture's right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but but you know, like you need that damage control movie. I mean, the reason, I mean, the basically the reason why Tony died, uh, is because he was no longer as big of a dick as he was. Mm-hmm. And there was nowhere really for his character yeah. to go. I mean, I think, I guess they could have let him retire, but why do that? Oh, no. As soon as, as soon as I saw that he was married and had a daughter, I knew it was going to be either Tony or Cap. Yeah. And as soon as I saw that he was married and had a daughter, I'm like, oh, yep. that's it. Tony's yep. gone. Yep. Hero's, hero's journey, hero's journey has to end and he's the hero. So, um, this is the, this is the end of the Campbellian arc. He's got to be killed. Yep. Well, <laughs> but you know, if we're talking about Tony and Cap, I always mm-hmm. assumed Captain America would die if only Me because too. that's what, you know, the comic books have convinced us of i think um mm-hmm. over the years i thought I think- cap would die because honestly 
he is the better person. So it would be, there would be more pathos if Mm -hmm. Cap died, if Cap sacrificed himself. Mm -hmm. But instead we got so many jokes about his ass. Yeah. (laughs) That is America's ass. Chris Evans is like top of my freebie list and I can appreciate America's ass. It was just, it was kind of odd to me. Like, huh, okay. Not really sure how that all, you know, gelled together and let's make a bunch of jokes about Chris's ass. So... Hmm. But he's he, he, he the Dick Grayson of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> I, I predicted for the past year that mm-hmm. what would happen was Cap would die. He would we would see him in the afterworld do a bit of a Titanic end where he would be with Penny right. in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. And I was sort of right, mm-hmm. but I was wrong, and I'm happy I was wrong. Um, the the filmmakers confirmed that uh, he and Peggy are together in an alternate timeline. Um, it's not like him going back well, to the past. And yeah, the, I'll link to that too. They were they were weirdly wishy. They, like it was it was an odd thing because they're like, yeah, we know that because people were complaining, but like that doesn't work by the rules of time travel that you guys established in this very fucking movie. And they're like, yeah, interesting, isn't it? Maybe there's a story there. And and they and they acknowledged that the time, alternate time thing. But I was like, but you're not planning another movie. And you know your fan base is just going to be weird with this, and it, I know, it is I a weird. Care. I don't thing care. Right. Yeah, I liked it. Like I, I know that. Like <laughs> I've always, I've complained all episode about how mm-hmm. women are servicing men's storylines, but mm-hmm. I love the character of Peggy Carter. Uh, yeah. Of all the love interests introduced in a movie, she was the best one. I yeah. own her lipstick. I was actually wearing. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually wearing it in the theater. And when she came on screen, I was like, look, same lipstick, Josh, same lipstick. And he was like, I don't, I don't care. Um, and like she, her TV show is great. Ended too soon. Um, yes. mm-hmm. yep. Agreed. Yep. But uh, maybe Disney plus will bring it back. Hint, hint. Haley Atwell's just spectacular. Um, but, and, and I actually, I got so mad at the end of the first Avenger that mm-hmm. I like threw something at the end because I knew really? that they really couldn't bring her character back because he went forward in the future through iceberg mm-hmm. raising. Um, well, but she does. Haley Atwell has more screen time than anybody in any of those movies. Yep. Cause she's got she, the, if you include the yeah. TV series, she's yeah. got a ton of time. Yeah. Maybe Colson. Yeah. Yeah. She, uh, yeah. Yeah. Colson yeah, has got more. to be. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah, like she's a super, also she's a super important foundational character to the entire MCU. Cause you, you see her mm-hmm. in Ant-Man very briefly and et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. throughout the mm-hmm. lines, flashbacks and agents of shield. So I was, I was just happy. They got their happy ending. I actually don't, you know, you don't always need an explanation for everything. Sometimes yeah. emotionally yeah. resonant yeah. stuff is just emotionally resonant yep. and it's just let it happen. Yep. Agreed. It's just that it's a geek movie and they know they're making a geek movie. And if you're going to do that and if you're going to have if you're going to spend two minutes of story time with the Hulk fucking explaining time travel and these are irrefutable rules that can't work because they didn't need to put that scene in there. (laughs) They went out of their way to have Banner explain why Back to the Future is stupid and all these time travel movies are stupid and you can't be your own past because you become your past becomes your 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 future. And (laughs) like he explains that. So he didn't need to do that. They did that. And then they created the question and they seem to be aware that they did that. So it's sort of a weird move that I don't know what to do with, but 
as a as a fan of the franchise, I'm totally on Team Hannah here. I I don't care. I don't need to work out the physics yeah. of time travel to, make it, to nope. have nope. that reaction. Mm-hmm. And I wanted him to almost say it, like you know, I got to go see a girl about a dance. You know, like I wanted, like I like I just yeah, you you know, he's just the guy coming back from war, and and especially since I know that she's not just a love interest. Um, since I have seen all of Peggy Carter. To me, that's her ending too. And yeah, it kind of breaks, you know, maybe it breaks like her supposed husband that she claims she has an Iron Man. She names her husband. For all we know, Steve could have assumed a different identity. Yeah. That's a fan theory, yeah. It it is a big fan theory. And, and, but again, I don't fucking care. They got to dance finally after, you know, after all these movies, they finally have that dance. And and to me, you know, I mean, I mean, I wonder if it's, uh, by the way, I'm totally going to make out with your niece one day. Like, (laughs) like, like, there's a little bit of weirdness in there, but. (laughs) Well, and I, I know I've seen comment. Why would he (laughs) abandon his team and his best friend and all of this for some girl that he, you know, only ever kissed once and i'm like okay then did you did you miss the whole movie because he may have only kissed her once but they spent a lot of time together so you know i don't know i mean that's what i felt i'm with you i was happy that i was happy they got their moment um not only that bruce and sam are stupid bucky knows he's not coming back yeah Falcon mm-hmm. thinks he is and he's like, oh, let me go with you. And, and Steve's like, nope, I got this. And to me, um, Bucky gives him that look and and Bucky's like, oh, my boy's going to get, get, go get laid. And so Cap knows he's not coming home. Bucky knows Cap's not coming home. And Banner and, and Sam are clueless, I guess. Yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What what can one say? <laughs> well, no, I, but I, I'm okay with that. I, I'm I'm okay with that being the end of their story, yeah. and I'm okay with yeah. it being the end of Peggy's story. Yeah. And I was happy. Yeah. I was happy for them. I was like, yay, yeah. you lucky All, kids! Also, for like one sec, can we just say that I feel like Bruce's story was basically resolved off screen in the past five years yeah. when he and like Hulk like came to an agreement. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's fine. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how much time Ruffalo has on his contract, so he might show up again. <laughs> like that's what it, that's what it felt like. It's like, yeah, you know, maybe he'll be back, maybe not. You know, whatever. You know how to dab yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I guess I, unless there's other specific moments of the film, like let's I, maybe we should close this off. Maybe we should end this with actually talking about you know, is this an ending? And endings in stories like this to begin with. In, in endings to begin with. Yes, that's uh, yeah. Well, it is because, like, I mean, it is the end, and I, I. It's so weird to me to call it the end because it is. We we were. It's the end of this phase, like you, like you guys were saying. How many phases are there? This is three. Yeah. Yes. But we know there's a fourth one coming. Right. And I well, don't. You know, one of the the critiques that has been leveled at at superheroes as a modern myth is that they don't end. You know, they're they're corporate characters. The ongoing continuity. You can't ever really write an end to it. You know, one of the yeah. things that Frank Miller wanted to do with Dark Knight Returns is to give a mythic ending to Batman's story. That's not how myths but, work. No, and I and I know that and you know that, but but that is yeah. one of the, the critiques. Frank and Miller doesn't there know is that. something like you know, okay, King Arthur's story, which I probably refer to too often. There's the whole he dies, he's killed by Mordred, he throws Excalibur back in the lake. There is an 
ending. And he will come again and he will come again when England needs him. That's the end of the yeah. story. Like he's not really That's dead. Not he's end. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, Robin Hood on May Day, which is the day we're recording, is you know, fires an arrow into the woods and say says, Bury me where it lands. You know, like so there there you know, so many of these stories have Mm-hmm. You know, the hero's journey. There is an end. Um, Umberto Echo says that Superman cannot end because a myth cannot consume itself. Yeah. And, it is foundational to the idea of myth. Mm-hmm. Of myth. And then that, and they, you know, Joseph Campbell, transformations of myth through time, they change and grow. You know, to, to, to remain relevant, they have to grow with the, the, the culture that, that tells these stories, or they do just go away. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that, that that works for this, actually, because we started out in 2008 with a white privileged man who was a dick womanizer who would be sued for sexual harassment. I mean, honestly, like, yeah. should we not say time's up, Tony Stark? Um, <laughs> like, honestly, like, even even in like the kind of sanitized version that we get on film. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And yet, he would not have made it out of the Me Too movement. Not, then, not at all. Yeah. And then like, you know, I've talked like four times in this episode probably about like, you know, the big like swirling circle shot in the original Avengers film where it's five guys and Natasha. And, and Natasha's ass. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> and now we have um, Falcon taking over Captain America. We have Valkyrie becoming King of Asgard, uh, though. We don't know what her future in the films are. We have Ant-Man and the Wasp. We have Captain Marvel. We have Shuri. We have... Potentially Kate Bishop. Yep. Yeah. We, I mean, we, we have all these characters and we have, you know, up the promise of more diversity on the way. I mean, even like Spider-Man Homecoming, which featured you know, a white male hero who's my favorite superhero. Um, <laughs> even so, but you know, it's class conscious, you know, like mm-hmm. it's not the same as Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that, that school looked like it took place in New York city. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like, you mean real New York city, <laughs> well, you, you know, like, like there, there wasn't just like a bunch of like white right. kids there, you know, um, um, as far as, as far as we know, Peter MCU, Peter only has a thing for women of color. He's like two girls in our, in that we know of, and neither of them is, you know, generically white. Right. And, <laughs> and on, on top of all that, like, uh, I guess we can talk about this with your opinions on uh captain america and falcon yeah but there's no like part of the reason you dislike that right is because yeah. in the comics well you go ahead and give your reason i'm not gonna okay so like, for people who don't know and we, we had it we had uh comments on on the blog and by the way if you have thoughts on any topic that we have you know we'll we post them to www.voxpopcast.com and you can comment on the blog and we had a couple of people um zach dorman and Adam Sorber, who are listeners, both asked for me to talk about my feelings on the on the shield being passed on to Sam at the end, because Mm -hmm. if you read my personal blog, you'll know that when they did this in the comics, I hated it. I hated it so much. I talked about it briefly on on a show a couple of weeks ago, the, the, the Batman show a couple of weeks ago, that I felt like they were forcing me. They, I felt like Marvel was trying to buy my blackness is the way I put it. I felt like um, when they gave Sam the shield in the comic books, they 
turned their backs on 40 years of history of my favorite comic book character. I've done a, I've done presentations on the Sam was my favorite comic book character when I was five because he was black and he could fly. That was it. That's all I cared about. He was the, I had the Mego action figures in 1979 <laughs> and one of them was black. There was one black character and he could fly, which made him cooler than the, than the white ones. So, so that, that's all I cared about. I never saw him as a sidekick. And when this happened in the comics, um, it was suddenly, you know, we know you've been Falcon for 40 years, but none of that matters because you get to be re- to replace the white guy now. Yay, diversity. And it felt artificial and it felt forced. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was temporary and I, I did not like it. And I complained and I complained and complained and people were, and people are like, give it a chance. Like, I don't want to give it a chance. If you want to make a new Captain America, who's black, who's some other guy, I don't care. Stop trying to take my Falcon away from me. And that's how I felt there this time. Loved it. Didn't bother me because in this movie, I felt like Sam, you know, I don't have 40 years of MCU Sam. I have, you know, four or five or whatever it's been. And he is a sidekick. He always has been a sidekick. It felt this felt like a natural progression instead Mm -hmm. of instead of a we talked on again on the Batman show. We talked about the idea of organic, which is never real. It's always the mandates of the company trying to make money in a capitalist world. But this felt organic. They gave me the illusion of character progression to where I felt like, yay, Sam gets to live this legacy now and um, part of it's Mackie's portrayal, but it felt real and genuine and honest in a way that I'm excited to see where this goes on the TV show, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to in the comics where it felt temporary and it felt like a gimmick to get my money. And also that story ended up not being very good. So, well, like, like, that's the thing, right? You can draw Steve Rogers for a billion years mm-hmm. and just cut when you storylines for him and you can draw Peter Parker for a billion years, but uh, and a couple of people have talked about like, you know, the reboots with Sony of Spider-Man that mm-hmm. were bad on the blog. And I've never watched, even though I love Spider-Man more than almost anything else, um, <laughs> because I knew they were bad. Like you don't need a billion stories. I'm just coming from the world's biggest Serenity fan. Yeah. Uh, you don't need like a billion stories on in, like in the MCU universe about on, on film about Steve Rogers or Peter Parker. We know their stories. They're going to reach natural arcs and they're going to like phase out or grow up or whatever. Like there's now an opportunity because the MCU is like such a solid brand that they're bringing in characters that comic book nerds know, but maybe not a mainstream person knows. Uh, like Shang Chi, Master of Kung Fu, yes. cannot fucking yeah. wait. Yeah, <laughs> yes, like that or the Eternals, which is like another film they've announced. Uh, yeah. So like, <laughs> I mean, like whatever. We'll we'll see. Um, we'll see. At, but like you know, Miles Morales like did get his own film that's in a different universe in Sp- into the Spider-Verse, which is another fantastic film. But he's also in this universe as like a younger kid because, or could be because his uncle played by Don Glover in homecoming is there Aaron Davis. Mm-hmm. So one mm-hmm. day he could take over Spider-Man and there's, it's not like a temporary thing where Peter's going to come back and miles is going to be phased out because Tom Holland is going to stop doing these movies at some point. So there's always going to mm-hmm. be like, mm-hmm. like maybe one day we'll have like Kamala Khan on screen, you know, that'll be awesome. And that's fully going to happen. 
Yeah. yeah. Too much money. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And yeah, I think so too. I think so too. And I, I, so I'm excited. I'm excited about the future. And I think in game, even with just those little touches, like I'm, I'm curious how they're going to bring vision back. Right. I'm, you know, I'm curious. I'm curious. Um, I'm curious as to how the black widow thing's going to happen. I, it didn't really set up Eternals. It did have a moment where it sets up Namor. Um, and we gave us a hint of the next Guardians movie. So there's enough threads to say, hey, this is going to continue. This world's going to mm-hmm. keep going. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they, I think they did a good job of sealing off the narrative, sealing off Tony's narrative, at least for now, until, you know, RD Jr. needs a needs a check. <laughs> but, he doesn't need any but, more checks. Let's be honest. He's made so much yeah. money. Yeah, but like I mean, you know, there there was the hammer sound at the end. Is the hammer sound at the end um, a callback just for the fans, or is the hammer sound at the end uh, uh, a moment of well, Tony was snapping his fingers. Maybe he just you know gave himself an out because comic book Tony would have done that. <laughs> comic book Tony would have said, "Nah, I'm not going out like this," and you know, and left himself a way to save it. He's done it. He's died like four times in the comics and left himself out outs like that. So and, I mean, but you know, some of these ends seem more final. And some yeah. of them seem and more open. But you know, that's how life is. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, here's the thing that I would, I really want to see, which is completely ridiculous, but that's okay. Because Disney now owns everything Marvel. And it was a rat <laughs> that really saved the universe by, ax- yes. you know, by letting Scott out of the, the quantum realm. That needs to be, we need a short where that is actually Ratatouille. That is Remy. Oh, I thought you were going to say Mickey. No, 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 no. Because Mickey's a mouse. It was a rat, right? So okay. it could be, it could be Mortimer. Oh no, Mortimer's still a mouse. It could be Remy. Like on a, on a vacation to LA who accidentally, you know, was in this garage or something. I'm just saying, I think that would be an awesome crossover. The Russos have said that he's the true hero and that he was the one thing that Doc Strange saw in Infinity War. The one option was that this is the one world where the rat presses the button. So, yep. so there you go. I mean, I think that that, that we're talking solid gold right there. <laughs> I mean, so, it's a, so so while well, the Avengers resolve things, we haven't. Well, yeah. I feel like I feel like the like the Avengers, we have some threads. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we resolved plenty. Yes. We resolved how we felt about certain things. We resolved that we do we do appreciate the movie. We do think it was uh, a good movie. I mean, the way they handled every the way they handled the 22 movie series was impressive. Mm-hmm. Even Will it if, ever be done again? Even will this ever happen again? Think it, I don't think it can be. I think people will try to replicate it, but just like happens most of the time when, once you try to replicate something, it, it never goes quite the same. I, so here's what I'm wondering. You know, we, we, we know phase four is coming mm-hmm. and if you're Warner Brothers, you get impatient and you say, we're going to make our massive team up movie is movie two. Cause like, and that's why that didn't work. That's why BVS failed was because they tried too quick. You know, the same thing with the dark universe. You're trying too hard. This was about patience. Another thing that I've seen people talk about is this is the first movie where anybody says Avengers assemble. Mm. He almost says it in age of Ultron, but they waited. They made you yeah. as a comic book fan. Wait, 
through, you know, 20, I mean, 22 movies. So like 40 hours of storytelling <laughs> before you got to hear Cap say of Avengers Assemble and it was worth every second. So Feige is patient. So I, I believe he will sit around and like and wait till 2029 to give us Secret Wars or whatever he's doing next. Right. Like, like he'll do he'll do that. He'll go. He'll play the long game. And I, I don't know that anybody else has that kind of patience to right. intentionally wait that long because what else comes even close? James Bond, Star Wars. Well, James, well, but that's only, that's only nine movies and there were extenuating circumstances. And I'm actually kind of curious because this is the weird year where Endgame happens and Game of Thrones is ending in like three weeks. And then, and Star Wars is ending in December or, I mean, for, for this, this phase of storytelling in Star Wars, but right. even Star Wars is nine main movies and two spinoffs. Um, you know? Excuse me, there is a whole extended universe out there. Yeah, but well, they, there's two extended universes out there. Even if, even if you count the car, yeah, I mean, you're talking about like the, the 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 cartoons and stuff. But I mean, like, but like, it's not. It's there are 22 main films in this yeah, series. No, no, this is insane. Like, but <laughs> guys, crazy. guys, Fantastic Four. I know that like the Fox Disney merger, not good, not great, whatever, whatever, bad for like workers. Fantastic four. Yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna, we're gonna get there. Yeah, well, they they commented that there's the moment in there that maybe they're talking about Namor. We we just heard an earthquake under the sea. What was that? Well, that, that might have been Namor. We don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, like, um, how do you top some of the villains of the first three phases? Doctor Doom, Galacticus. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, mm-hmm. like Fantastic Four. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm curious. They le- they left us enough to be curious yeah. about the universe, which is mm-hmm. which is well, and, good. and bringing in Fantastic Four and X Men franchises opens up so many other characters and things, places they can go with this. Mm-hmm. So th- there's no dearth of characters for them to be the new Chris Evans and these guys. I'm I'm here for Shang Chi. Like <laughs> I mean, well. At PCA, not this year's PCA, but last year at PCA, Nicole will remember, I made a big deal, a big point of in my Iron Fist presentation talking about how much I wanted a Shang-Chi movie. <laughs> before anybody else. And, and who? Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu. Fuck yeah. That's my, like that, I that's was, what I, that's I was so into that series back in the day. I, I, I don't care about superpowers. Really into it. That's I'm why interested I, uh, to see if if Disney, since they canceled, quote unquote, canceled the Netflix series, if they're if they're permanently canceled or if they're going to restart them. They can't do it. They can't do it for two years or like even development without lawyers coming after them, I saw. Right. That is that is current. That, well, that's currently what we believe from contracts. Um, but on the other hand. Disney, I mean, there's going to be Disney does have the ability to, you know, renegotiate and leverage with Netflix. They're not talking well right now, but Disney's pulling those movies and Thor Ragnarok is the end. Captain Marvel. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. I don't think they need it right now. And also he doesn't care. (laughs) They waited out Fox. They can wait out Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Or they can just buy it in a year. You know, it's Disney. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's going to be like demolition man, except instead (laughs) of the whole, all restaurants are Taco Bell, it's going to be all films are Disney. Yep. Get used to it. Yeah. Whether you love it or you hate it, learn to like it because it's the best thing going today. That's the as Rick Flair used to say. But um, I guess we should end there. I'm just I'm just going to end on a wrestling reference oh, to yeah. our 
to our to our our big Marvel show, and everyone's confused, but that's what you get with this show. <laughs> uh, Nicole, thank you for joining Thanks, us. Nicole, <laughs> always thank great. You. Um, you didn't meet Hannah while we were while we were all in, in Washington last week, but you were in the next room. No, I, um, I did meet her out in the hallway because Dave yeah. had met her. Okay, we waited. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you, were, you were working well, on your uh, presentation, I think. Right. Well, oh, oh no, I was listening to another person's presentation. Yeah, but you got to. She got to experience the play that Nicole was in at PCA <laughs> secondhand. Oh, the Avengers save competition, huh? No, we heard it. We were in the next room, and the and the audio was not uh, was was oh, not, was not soundproofed correctly. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> no. I, this Sorry. is the, this is the only story I can tell non-academic people about conferences because it translates. A girl was given a presentation, and her PowerPoint froze up, and we just heard Thanos from the other room go "mwahaha." <laughs> Perfect. Yes, it was great. <laughs> uh, anything to plug? Nicole? Uh, not yet. Uh, as soon as I have, you know, something firm on my book, then I'll plug the book, but <laughs> not yet. All right. Uh, Palindrome Hannah, where can people find you? Always you, on Twitter at Hannah Lee Rogers. Today I'm tweeting about Victorian dinosaurs. Nice. Actual dinosaurs like Stompy, 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 Jurassic Park. Yeah. Like, like I've worked dinosaurs into my dissertation, but I cut out all the Jurassic Park jokes. So uh. <laughs> it works. It's a real thing. <laughs> you're, you're the Victorian uh, expert, expert. If you say there were dinosaurs, I'm down. Well, <laughs> you know, Pride and, Pre- Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Why can't there be dinosaurs? Pride and Prejudice and Zombies is not a Victorian work. Jane Austen was not a Victorian. <laughs> I'm sorry. Fine. <laughs> this is an educational show map. Gotta get right. <laughs> It's an educational show with drinking. <laughs> but yes, it is. Wayne, where can people find you? Here, mostly. <laughs> I did. Uh, I, I posted my my presentation from PCA on my other blog. I have a WordPress blog. It's uh, oh, and I don't have it handy, so yeah. I'll, I'll link to that in the okay. show notes as well. It's a good paper. Um, let's see. Oh, well, la- this week for us, but since the show comes out next week, I was on, since we had pre-recorded last week's show at PCA, I took the week off to be on every other podcast ever, um, <laughs> which, <laughs> which was fun. Um, so I'll link in the show notes, but I was on, well, I was on City of Man, but that's basically the same show as our, as our Batman show. And I was on the awesome cast. And I was on the sectarian review. So uh, it was a busy week last week for me. Just, you know, moonlighting just because I cannot be off the air for, for a week. Are you kidding me? <laughs> In a perfect world, I'm on every other podcast ever all the time. So, you know, if you're looking for me, I am available. <laughs> and, and he is going to need you. You are going to need some gigs. So, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Um, but in the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at Chris Maverick or on my own personal blog at www.chrismaverick.com. You can follow the show at Vox Popcast on Twitter or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Vox Popcast or on the show's blog at www.voxpopcast.com where we will post what we're talking about next week and every week following. If you're a fan of the show, please um, subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever the hell else you get podcasts from and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We'll read it on the show. We'll thank you profusely and I will name my firstborn child after you. Yeah, that'll happen. Um, so, so 
if you do that, it helps people find the show. It make, moves us up in the magical iTunes rankings. And, you know, we we just appreciate it. it. makes us happy. So I would like to thank Maximilian of Thoughtform Music for our epic theme song, Building Ever So More Epically and playing us out. I would like to thank you once more for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. all day. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs>